duties and also sometimes we take naps for too long and uh, <laughs> you wake up and you're in a panic with like a bunch of like a string of drool on your face and you're like oh god jesus no <laughs> did you ever see that uh, you ever see that comic strip the kid's got like a wheel of fortune that says naps uh wake up refreshed confused <laughs> scared panicked. no the, i've never the, seen that the caption says always a gamble it's always a, yeah it's always a gamble <laughs> but i i feel pretty good i think i i put on my um <clears throat> i put on my rain noise playlist on spotify and i just like Put on a little eye mask and some rain noises, and I I pretend that I'm not in the desert. Oh, that's a that's a good idea. That's what they do in outer space, don't they? Don't they have to? You're doing similar shit that they did like on Interstellar when they were going the space madness. Yeah, you know where I got the idea actually was. Um, did you ever see uh, Guillermo del Toro's exhibit when it was in L.A.? I just saw pictures from it. Okay, so I, I went to that. Uh, it was at some kind of museum, and they had all the creatures from his movies and his notebooks and stuff like that. And uh, But one of them was a recreation. In his house, he has a rain room. And there's actually, like, simulated lightning and thunder outside the windows. Because uh, mm-hmm. he, he lives in Los Angeles. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that's that's a brilliant idea. Because I need I need to be around rain. I don't need to necessarily be in, like, an awful town like Portland uh, to experience <laughs> real rain. That's what I thought I was going to love about Portland, you know, was like the the constant rain. And I did. I did. I just hated everything else. Um, But anyway, but no, yeah, since I'm out here in the desert, all I got to do is, like I said, put my eye mask on, put my headphones on, and I can just like kind of drift off to sleep thinking that it's raining. That's fun. Mm -hmm. I got a rain stick. It's a stick with a bunch of little shells in it. Oh, tight. So you tip it over real slow. It sounds just like rain. Actually, hold on. Let's. Here's a treat for the for the listeners. I'll do the rain stick. Oh yeah. Let's see if it sounds like rain. I gotta get out from under the fan. Okay, ready? Here's ready. Now, supposedly this makes it rain when I do this. So we'll we'll see if it rains tomorrow in California. It's supposed to be 100 degrees in the Bay Area, but rain stick go. sound like rain did that work oh no oh sorry i fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) wow what a what a bit that was Mm -hmm. a good setup and delivery yeah thanks man uh so what are you up to what are you doing uh well i was killing time while you were napping i was watching uh bandersnatch clicking around that's the um the new new uh, Black Mirror interactive episode. You have to be on your computer to do it. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like based. it? Oh, it's it's not great. It's um it's ambitious, but there's a lot of um there's a lot of shortcuts. You could tell it didn't quite work, and they and they have a lot of meta explanations for how the show is fucking up by making it part of the narrative of the show, which is fascinating. Interesting, because the plot is about. The plot is about somebody creating an interactive game. It's set like in the 80s, and somebody's making a, this guy's making the game. 
And so everything that he describes as problems he's having with the game are problems that they clearly had with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that if it's that's enough of a loophole. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, real quick, the things that bug me about it are like the first thing I noticed, and, and this is coming off a childhood love of you know or borderline worship of choose your own adventure books. Same, yeah. You know, like we that's something that's <clears throat> that's universal, I think. So I, I go into it thinking. How could they fuck it up? But I found out that when I watched a movie like that and when the choices popped up on the screen, I didn't want to do it. I don't mm. want to I don't want to do I don't want to participate. I don't know if it's um I think movies are a passive experience for me. I didn't want to select anything. I kept thinking I'm going to miss something if I go in this other direction. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll have to backtrack, you know, just show me everything, map it all out and let me see where everything would have went. Find a way to deliver that information. But after the first choice, when it says, what kind of cereal do you want to eat? I thought, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that really the first question? Yeah, it is. See, I saw my uh, niece playing a similar game, but it was with um, the Bear Grylls, the Man vs. Wild. It's yeah. a it's a show called You Versus Wild, uh-huh. and it's just him doing stuff and being like, "Oi, what do you choose to do? What what's gonna what's gonna be the outcome?" Is he Australian? I can't remember. Or British? He is, he is now. He is. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. I, I think you ought to watch it. I think you'd be interested, and in, and you'd notice what I'm talking about about uh, all these like excuses happening while you're watching it. Yeah, but I like I'm, that. I'm, I like that kind of shit. It might be the reason that um, – do you remember William Castle's, uh, like, interactive 4D movies back in, like, the fucking 50s or whatever, like the original House on Haunted Hill, where mm, a, right. there's a skeleton on the screen. Somebody comes down the, the aisle with a skeleton, and there's the buzzers under your seat and shit. Yeah. Like, that didn't catch on, and I think it's because maybe other people would agree that movies are kind of a passive experience. Mm-hmm. That that – to you know, mostly a passive experience, I would say. Right. And and sometimes it pissed me off. Sometimes the they cleverly choose selections that don't affect anything at all. Like he's on a bus and he's and it says, "What music do you play? Do you play the Thompson Twins or an '80s greatest hits cassette?" It takes place in the '80s. So you whatever one you choose, it's kind of interesting that you're selecting the music for your movie. Mm-hmm. When I was watching it, Amy said, "Oh my God, it's your." It's your dream come true. You're picking uh, music while you're you're two medias at the same time. Yeah. And I and I thought in theory yes, but it doesn't. That just means that the music is happening in a different way and not the plots. So you didn't affect anything there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it'll have like I don't know. There was a. It's trying to steer you towards certain plots. If there's a suggestion where it says, "Do you want to talk to a psychiatrist?" And so you, if you don't, there's other opportunities to talk to her. It really wants you to do it. And then when you sit down with her, there's this hint of something happened with the dude a long time ago with his mother. So the, the movie really wants to have exposition. It really wants to tell, add some characterization and tell you what happened to this guy's mother. Mm-hmm. But I just kept like a – I was kind of a sadist. I was like, no, no, I don't want to hear it. And she would say, would you like to talk about your mother? And I said, nope. And then she's, and then she goes, you know, I think this might really help 
Um, maybe uh, I'll give you another opportunity to talk about your mother. And I thought, fuck you, show. No, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's you know becoming I mean? less escapist fantasy and more just like Dave's <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like they never have they ever seen a Voight comp test from Blade Runner? You don't, you don't answer the question. Tell me about your mother. That'll get you fucking killed. Oh, true. But if you, but if you try to get away from that question. It, it almost doesn't let you, and it sends you to a dead end. I see. And then you realize, oh, when I backtrack, I probably should talk about my mother. And it turns out that there, that's the uh, that's the main plot point that is one of the twists. Mm. So, I mean, resisting is interesting because, like, you can feel the show scrambling to do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um. But, but I, that's but, that's kind of a bummer, though, because it would almost be like you, you, you want there to be a resolution where you never hit any of the plot points, right? Absolutely. Where, where, you just co- where you literally just coast through your day. Absolutely. If that's the problems that start to arise. And then there's some jokey questions where they clearly don't mean shit, where it says, um, do, you, uh, do you want to fight this person? Yes or fuck yes? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which is right. it's kind of funny, but it's like I see what you're doing. You're cheating it. Like you don't you don't have an option, so you're making it funny. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. But the most I gotta tell you about the cringiest thing, dude. Oh my god. What is it? Um, tell me. Well, two two things. I'm gonna spoil it a bit. Is that okay? Right? Yeah. Go ahead. There's an action scene that's a bit of a groaner, where in the middle of the action scene, it pans back, and they're on the set of Black Mirror, essentially. Oh. Yeah. And that's cr- that's pretty cringy. Yeah. And uh, then it actually leads to a dead end um, ending. Well, I guess maybe not a dead end. It, it leads to an ending. The absolute worst part, dude, is the and it comes after the best part. The character starts to realize that you're telling him what to do. And that's very clever. Mm-hmm. So the character's like, why? He, he's talking to the psychiatrist and he says, I get these vibes like I. I have to do things I don't want to do. Right. And, th- and then it immediately gives you the question. It says, make him pick his nails or make him scratch his ear. Or I forget what exactly they are. Mm-hmm. And so you do it and you see him resisting whatever you told him to do. Like, ah, I don't want to do it. Why oh, am I funny. compelled? To-? So that shit's interesting. So then it gives you the option of, do you want to communicate with him? Right. And so you do communicate on a computer screen, just like, you know, you see in the movie Phantoms or the movie um, Sphere where you're like an, you're like this alien omnipotent entity that is now communicating with the characters, so that is fun right. for a for a second, and then it fucking takes a nosedive because it actually says it says do you want to explain more or do you want to just stop talking to him? And if you hit explain more, mm-hmm. the fucking computer tells him that you're in a Netflix show, and he says what's Netflix, and it goes on to talk about fucking Netflix, dude. No way, really. Yes, it's so uh, gross. It's so gross. Like that's some Adam Sandler subway ad right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. That's some serious shilling going on. Yeah, and it's weird that you'd have to. I mean, I don't understand why Netflix needs to do any kind of advertising at all. At this yeah. point, it's like no, they're you're good. You're I, yeah. Something somebody should have stopped that from happening. Isn't that there's interesting a, that everybody's been thinking like, oh man, there's going to be you know, 85 streaming services and there's, there's really not, you know, there's like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. And Hulu has commercials now, dude. Yeah. They've they've got commercials now. uh, Hulu is by far the worst one. I have prime and, uh, and Netflix. Those are my two. 
I have Prime, HBO, Hulu, Crackle, and iTunes, and HBO. I, I have kinda, HBO too. Yeah, I've stopped watching it because the aspect ratios are wrong. Oh. So you're so you're basically watching it like half the movie. So that's annoying as shit. Yeah. And Hulu, I've stopped doing because the commercials. So I'm down to Prime and iTunes for because Crackle has commercials. And I'm keeping HBO because I want to watch um, Chernobyl. Yeah, me too. I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. But, Did you uh, watch the Dead? Go ahead. Um, I was going to ask you about the Deadwood movie, but real quick, the last thing I want to say about this uh, this Bandersnatch, if you watch it. Um, there's so, there's so many reference matrix references going on. There's like somebody takes a pill to see the fucking truth. There's the there's this guy looking out the window like see the code. You can see the code. And there's literally the leap of faith moment mm-hmm. where he has to jump off a fucking building, or you have the choice to jump off a building. So, I mean, I guess my question for you are those are those riffs or are those ripoffs at this point? Which could lead into your John Wick conversation because sure. John John Wick feels like the Matrix Twelve to me. So I don't know. At this point, is Matrix is Matrix like uh, I don't know, Gone with the Wind or something? Mm-hmm. That it's no longer ripping it off. That you're, it's like oh, you're clearly influenced by this seminal film. Yeah, I and think, it's, and it's okay or something. I think that's probably like the second one. I, I do think that the Matrix at this point is such a. I don't know. It's just such a point of departure for movies in general you know there's like a before matrix and an after matrix it's kind of weird i remember when i first watched the matrix i i thought it was like okay you know i was like this is all right i had no idea it was going to be as important i guess yeah not just to movies but like to to thinkers you know like it really got people thinking about stuff and it, but it, in such a simple way, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get the deepness of the Matrix. Yeah. I remember being into it. I remember the things I really liked about it was the big twist when he finds out he's in that pod, mm-hmm. and I would show that to people and say, and and be excited for when they got to it because then it flips the movie on its head. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, uh, the stuff I really liked was the was the fighting and and it was a very. Um, it was a very brutal movie for its time. You know, it, it arguably inspired the Columbine killers, you know, yeah. the trench coat kids. And there's a lot that they're shooting people, riddling them with Uzis. Then that those are actual people you're, you find out that are just being sort of possessed by the agents. And mm-hmm. all, all that stuff is abandoned in the second and third movies where right. no real, it's very bloodless. Do you remember how the second and third movie turns into like dance fighting and, mm-hmm. And it's all very cutesy, and and it just it, it loses that kind of R. They're R rated, but in a different kind of way. Yeah, like the and then in the second one, it's like they have all the all the underground S and M clubs and the Euro trash dudes <laughs> yeah. with like white dreadlocks. It was it took a very strange. Well, they had turn. to fit, they had to answer their own question. In the first one, it was such a smaller movie that there was all this talk of Zion and all this talk of these other places and never saw them. You, that movie took place in an artificial world mostly, and the real world is seen as a sewer. Yeah. And, and that was kind of interesting. So in the second movie, they have to literally open those doors, and the first time you see it, it's like Star Wars. They show 
like a white room and all these people like in these Star Trek looking shit and this, these doors open and they go to this the city and you're like oh no I, I don't want any of this and then the city is sort of this uh, sci- uh, like a steampunky Mad Max kind of deal and you're like wait what happened to that room with the with the Star Trek shit yeah and then it turns into a that sweaty rave like in the cave or whatever you're like you guys don't even know what this city is. I, never... I love cave raves though dude it's my favorite <laughs> so yeah they didn't know what to and this is my problem with john wick dude by the way we should tell people this episode is not about bandersnatch or the matrix it's about john wick three and and godzilla what 50 godzilla <laughs> that's my of... that's my impression of godzilla or a cat it sounds it sounds better than the movie I'm gonna I'm gonna review Godzilla and he's gonna review John Wick. So I guess we're leaning into John Wick for at first year. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, so we have John Wick three, the third part of the big time franchise, starring Keanu Reeves as a man with a very patchy beard who, <laughs> goddamn, he just loves killing. He's so good at it. He's just he's a. This one you saw part one and two, right? Yes. Spoiler okay. alert! I did not see the movie we're reviewing. I'm. I, we're switching places. I've yeah. become you. I've become yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, is it any good? Is it? Should I go see it? What do you think? Oh, it's fantastic. I loved it. I what love, do you think of one and two, though? What do you think? I, of, I love them too, man. So this is so this is where I'm coming from. Um, right. Each movie has gotten progressively uh, weirder and absurd. Uh, and and John Wick three. You remember how you, you, they said, um, uh, uh, you know, in the Matrix they have to show Zion. And then it's like, oh crap, what do we do? You know? Yeah, that's that's my questions for you. <laughs> As they world build, I'm really worried about the world building in the John Wick movies. It gets like, surreal, man. Well, I guess the, part two had its surreal moments as well. But um, do you want me to just? I guess I, I'll just have to tell you, right? Like we'll just you, we'll, you we'll can have... spoil it. I mean, it's uh, these movies are all icing. I mean, it's yeah. just him killing people, right. and I, I don't expect a whole lot otherwise. But I want to ask you this: Is it a Matrix movie? Are these sneaky sequels? Oh, interesting. As like, so he's inside of the Matrix, and he just he's on God an, mode. He's just playing on God yeah, mode. Yeah, it's an artificial setting, and it's a, just a murder fest. So it's I all. Yes, I'll have to think about that. Let me come back to that question. Um, okay. So basically, what happens is this movie picks up immediately where the second one leaves off, where he's like kind of beaten and bloodied, and running through the streets of New York, and he's got an hour before his uh, membership is revoked as a as a member of the assassin hotel guy, right? He sounds like crank to crank two. Isn't that how crank two starts? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's excommunicado. And so all of the assassins in the, in the world, which it, it is, it begins to get ridiculous where you're just like, everybody's a, everybody's an assassin. Like everywhere like he the, goes, like the pink Panther where mm. everybody's got like darts in their shoes and shit. Right. Right. But he, um, so he ends up, uh, getting out of that, right. He fights his way out of that. And decides that he needs to be taken to see, like the the leader of the of the high table, right? Now the high table is this association of assassins that uh, rules the world. Basically, it's like the biggest, scariest organization. He's like, yeah, but I want to see the guy who's even bigger, right? I want to see the the man behind the curtain, behind the man behind the curtain. <laughs> and so they're like, well, so he goes to, um, I believe it's Cairo. Somewhere, somewhere in the Middle East, to uh, meet up with Halle Berry, who's got these two adorable little killer dogs, uh, and 
because she has some way that she can, you know, get to this uh, this mysterious man behind the curtain. And there ends up being a really cool fight scene there uh, in the um, kind of like Cairo version of the, like, what was it? I'm embarrassed that I don't remember what city. Oh, Casablanca. It's in Casablanca. Um, in the Casablanca version of the hotel. So there's like a Arabic version of it. Um, so so wait, uh, real quick. Does that mean, are they in the hotel for all of this? Mm-mm. No, no, no. So he goes from the hotel and then he, uh, you actually kind of see his origin story. I, I skipped that part. Oh, he goes to a different hotel. So he goes, he goes to, um, first he goes to like a training academy for, uh, the Russian mafia where it's like wrestlers and ballet dancers. It's run by Angelica Houston. And uh, apparently that's where he came from, because his name is like Jojo Vivanovich, actually. Like, so he's actually he's Russian. Um, he's like a Russian assassin. And anytime Keanu Reeves speaks Russian, by the way, he's like, he's like, <laughs> Dos Vidanya, you know? It's just like, all right, we're rocking with it, dude. We're rocking with it. So you see, of course, you know, like, so you see these, uh, these wrestlers kind of doing all of his signature moves. We'll hear like the, you know, the whole jumping on the arm and then pulling them down kind of thing. You know, the move I'm talking about where he'll like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll like, he'll grab their, he'll grab their, their, their hand, gun hand and then scoop his legs up over their shoulder and like do a little flippy. Yeah. So you see all these signature moves being shown. And then of course, you know, he was just like, he was the God mode of that Academy. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so he gets passage to Casablanca via his old mentor Angelica Houston, and while they're in uh, while they're in Casablanca, uh, there's this amazing dogfight where they they train these dogs to do all these stunts from the time they were puppies. Because um, <clears throat> the the, the now direct... I know why you like it? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, this is a dog movie. Well, they're all dog movies, but the the director of all three of them. It's a really interesting dude. He was like an MMA fighter, a rock climber, uh, a stuntman, competitive race car driver. So he was like living this this crazy life. And in an interview with him, he was like, "Yeah, I, I guess I was I was doing stunts, and after I was done with that, I was like, I really didn't have any any skills. And it's kind of funny to think that you can be a a badass your whole life, but then you get to like forty, forty five, and you know your body's not up for it anymore. And then it's like, well, fuck, what do I do? You know, like I can't, I can't throw myself out of airplanes anymore. So he moved into making uh, the John Wick movies, which is like it really makes sense that that these are like stuntman movies. But I'm getting off track here because apparently I read in an interview that the way they train the dogs was that um, in the scene the guys that the dogs attack will have like fuzzy toys, fuzzy green ball toys on their on their person, and the dog is basically running to go grab the toy. And I, I really want to see the John Wick movie with the fuzzy toys put back in instead of digitally removed. So I think that, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I agree. That would be a good mm. movie. Now, I'll go see that. now, instead of going through like the whole thing, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention one more thing. Oh, go ahead. Did you have a question? No, I think it's uh, – I feel like it's going to kick us off. So be be ready. Oh, okay. Your, vo- your voice was pulsing. Oh, shit. Okay. But go ahead. Okay, well, fingers crossed. Um, so anyway, so he ends up finding the man behind all this stuff, and it's literally this thing where it's like, walk in the desert for for three days until you can walk no more, and then he will find you, or he won't. 
So there's this montage of John Wick walking through the desert and eventually collapsing of dehydration. And then it's a, a walk of faith. Instead of a leap of faith, it's a yeah. walk of faith. And then the, a shadowy figure emerges. And uh, I think I'll cut it off there. I don't want to spoil anything else. And I have other things that I can talk about that aren't plot related. But you see how it's, it, it's taking this kind of turn to like really kind of surreal weirdness. Yeah, I, it's um, I, I I do want to see it now from what some of the stuff you described. I just I have a real problem with the way it. I mean, that's clearly the the hook now is how weird it's going to get. Mm-hmm. I was just I was into it when the bad guy was some low level asshole in a muscle car and mm-hmm. it, it was based in some sort of reality and he seemed to actually be outside and now. He seems to be in a computer. He seems to be in a green tinted uh, environment. That's the hotel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It felt as it gets bigger. It feels like it was getting smaller in part two. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it it just felt like it felt very claustrophobic. The more it tried to pile on this world building, um, but three maybe it was the the stuff that wasn't landing as well. Like didn't it have? Uh, the guy from Deadwood was in it. Yeah. yeah in yeah, two. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the guy from The Wire was in it. And they all did okay. I just felt like they were tethered to an uninteresting space. Now, do you, like, do you like kung fu movies? Do you like fighting movies? I do. I like um, certain ones. Okay. Um, I liked uh, The Night Comes for Us. Mm-hmm. Um which is a you know kung fu spectacular. I guess I like the realism tinged ones. Like with the Matrix, I really got sick of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have ru- uh, that and Crouching Tiger might have ruined the appreciation of those right. fighting films because they got so pretty and dancey, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, with John Wick, I liked how he went for the kill. Like mm-hmm. we talked about um, the difference between kung fu games. That there was, uh, there's ones where you, you know, you just dance around and fight each other, or there's things like Bushido Blade where you try to murder each other in one move, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I liked about John Wick was he was always going for like the headshot or the kill, mm-hmm. and so I, it it had um, a more visceral enjoyment, mm-hmm. and uh, and also the first one had um, seemed to have some practical effects in there with crunching that car and. Uh, it just feels like it's getting more artificial. So if he's going to, as they, as the fights elaborate, I don't know if I enjoy it as much. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't like it. If it's a, if Kung Fu is squaring off and countering a lot of stuff and, and become, you know, the Marvel Universe is all dance fighting now, too. I keep calling it dance fighting. I don't I don't like it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this... Is he still shooting people in the face? I like that. Oh, yeah. He's definitely shooting people in the face. This one is uh, much more brutal, I think, than part two. It has some pretty, That's what I heard. pretty gnarly kills. I heard, that the, I heard that, yeah, that the kills start to become uncomfortable in this one. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's the, the, very, the very first one... I, actually, I don't even want to spoil that either, but the very first uh, kind of fight scene in the movie has a massively uncomfortable kill where you, and you see a lot of stuff too where you're like oh i like in most movies they would have cut away and right. they're like no just just show it it's fine yeah so that that's that's kind of interesting cuz the first movie like i said i enjoyed it like it was all icing it was mm-hmm. all just here's here's a bunch of dessert we're not going to give you a whole lot 
of meat. Then the second one, it was like I was getting sick of just eating all that candy. You know what I mean? Like sure. I was stuffing my face. And it sounds like the third one is getting fun because now someone is shoving the cake into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you like that cake? You like? You didn't think there was any? There was no repercussions to that cake? Dude, you fat fuck. <laughs> so um, actually, now I might like it. I one thing that the director slash writer uh, said that I thought was really really interesting, um, he mentioned that in the John Wick movies, he's like they actually don't have a three act structure. It's like I always thought the three acts was stupid. So his movies just have two acts, right? They're just literally split in half down the middle. That's uh, funny because that's we complained about that like two episodes ago. That or we were talking about fiction about uh, you need, yeah the right. the third thing, right? Right, <laughs> needing needing the th- well, he's just he, I kind of like I like the third thing in the in terms of jokes, but I think that the two the splitting the movie in half I think is great because for me a hard part of watching movies is knowing where it's going but having to sit there anyway and sometimes yeah. i think in movies i think that filmmakers they know they have to fill that you know that back third before the climax you know they have to think mm-hmm. of something it's kind of like in most cases it feels like a stretch so the john wick yeah. movies to me are really um refreshing in that they're kind of uh streamlined you know are they becoming um are they becoming about themselves? Like, is there, is there, are they getting kind of meta, like in a matrixy, no, not ba- really, Bandersnatch kind of way? No, they're really not, man. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, like, there's like does he does he ever acknowledge that what he's doing is insane or no. anything? No, no, no. Um, well, there's like you there's I... there's kind of a meta moment. The main bad guy in this one, the main assassin, uh, is like a big John Wick fan, right? And okay. so, so he'll say stuff. He'll be like, "Dang, that like that was a really good fight, huh?" You know. <laughs> so there is there is a little bit of meta stuff going on with with that kind of character. Um, it's interesting like though I, that the that the surrogate for the audience is the guy who's trying to kill him. That might be an interesting commentary, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking for an in as far as enjoying it in a different way. Yeah. I I I keep thinking that they're gonna reveal themselves as if not that it's. A sneaky Matrix sequel that it's he's that he's in an artificial situation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a game, mm-hmm. uh, but he's in he's being manipulated in a way that's it seems like he's being he's clearly being manipulated by filmmakers right here's mm-hmm. a guy who's like a wind up monkey is going to murder for the rest of his days, <laughs> so will he realize it and push back against that you know does that make any sense? Uh, it's really I would say go see the movie. I think See, this is problem something. So I think pretty much what you said does occur in its own way. You'll see what I mean when you see it. Okay. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like this it. Is, all these questions are clearly Bandersnatch based. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a, in the in that show. There's like a, a line about the illusion of free will. Okay, and um, and it's like he, it's like the what's his name Charlie Booker, the guy who makes those Black Mirror episodes. Yeah. It's amazing that he can write so many original ideas i don't know if there's a charlie booker uh factory, factory like the yeah. guy who did like he, the guy who did a million little pieces or james patterson that just cranks out stuff right other other people are coming up with them but the idea that you give up the, there's he gives up the conceit to pretend that people had control and steers them to the ending that he wants mm-hmm. and 
I think that that's interesting as far as these movies about generic action action guys being manipulated by filmmakers. Like, there's something waiting to happen there with John Wick. Maybe I don't know. It's hmm. interesting. I don't. Yeah. And it might not be related, but yeah. I don't know. Let's move on to Godzilla. Oh shit! And Godzuki. <laughs> Up from the depths, thirty stories high. Do you remember that song? He's green. Yeah. Breathes fire, his head in the sky, Godzilla. Yeah. They have a remake of uh, Blue Oyster Cult song in this one. Oh. oh no, there goes Tokyo. I didn't recognize it because it sounds a little new metally. Oh, nice. Can can we take a pause for a second to say that I last night I went to a bar and they were mm-hmm. having new metal night. Oh shit! It was the greatest oh, thing ever. It was the greatest thing ever. That sounds like a gathering of John Wick assassins, but just <laughs> new metal, new metal goofballs. Yeah, they're like they, they felt the pull to that bar. Yeah, well, it's a bunch of people in their thirties who still shop at Hot Topic. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's my did, people. Did you did you just know what was happening? Like you opened the window and you felt a disturbance in the base. I heard like off <laughs> off off in the distance. I heard like. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, no! But it, I'm sorry. Let's get back to Godzilla. But anyway, that was that, that was great. Go ahead. I like that new metal always comes up in some way. Yeah. Well, I just want to. I should preface this by saying um, I don't hate Godzilla. Uh, so if that gives you any idea where I'm going with this review, oh boy, um, oh boy, because I've been dealing with a lot of. I read a lot of people in the feed where they're like, uh, after they went and saw Godzilla, they were very defensive, and that always gets me very suspicious. Mm. You know, the reviews were very defensive. The people that were enjoying it were... You guys are true fans. Well, they were just so mad about their positive review, so it already... Oh, oh I see. Was off, never... it, was, it was off on a shaky foot. They're like, yeah, Godzilla's fucking good, and like, if you go to a Godzilla movie to see actors, I mean, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. <laughs> it's like... Calm, calm down, man. Calm down. Like they're, they're yeah. like, you know, everybody knows that you don't go to Godzilla to see the people. And uh, uh, if you, you know, if you think that you're going to see it and you don't, you know, you don't like giant monsters and don't go see it, you know. And, and I'm thinking, I, these I, are I, for us. We'll let people enjoy stuff. Yeah, I, 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 that's the thing though is, I do like giant monsters. You know, I liked Kong Skull Island was kind of great. Yeah, that was a that it was, was a dope movie. It was very clear action. Mm-hmm. There was a personality to the monsters. I don't know. Maybe it's easier to make the the ape look like he's mad and upset and sad than than Godzilla, who is now just this pile of shit. He's, like, <laughs> he's just this gray shit triangle <laughs> that can't that can't express itself in any way. Yeah, we were talking earlier how it's it's essentially that that shit monster from dogma that's what it looks like oh god that's funny yeah and it, it's just kind of got this pointy head and it doesn't move right and it doesn't do it the but yeah like in kong skull island um uh it was uh, i was into it pacific rim giant monsters i enjoyed it you know yeah. I, I was yeah. bummed that they didn't reveal that the monsters had tiny monsters in them because that would be an awesome twist that would be a, such a twist dude you gotta watch how you how much shit like this you drop though because we're gonna start seeing it in uh you know prestige indie films or something you know Probably. wouldn't that, i mean it makes perfect sense they're in the giant robots why don't they have little monsters in the giant monsters but yeah. and shin shin godzilla you saw did you see shin godzilla no was that the cartoon no, it was um, oh. the last like official uh, Godzilla movie overseas. Oh, it's, very, oh. it's fucking freaky, dude. I liked it a lot. 
it's uh again clear skies giant weird ass things happening like it godzilla just sort of goes inert for a mm-hmm. long time and is just part of the city mm-hmm. it's just this, like a building it's fascinating shit he moves incredibly slow that's a key that's why these movies are bad these these cgi american ones because godzilla's moving way too fast mm-hmm. they're just like these running cartoons that look so lame where shin godzilla was weird hmm. it, like he starts off I don't want to ruin it for spoiler alert. Shin Godzilla, but Godzilla starts off as this flopping, bleeding fish-like creature. Oh wow! And he keeps going through these stages where you keep thinking, "Is that Godzilla gross?" And then you're like, "Oh, is that Godzilla? That's even worse." And then, "Oh, is that what it is?" And it just keeps uh, like mutating, and it's uh... fast. I was on the edge of my seat looking at it, and I didn't care about you know. Everybody says, "Well, why are you?" Why do you care about people if you're watching a Godzilla movie? I don't. Right. I care. I care about clear action and clear monster fights. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't have what it says it has. It says, and people are like, everybody says, uh, "Oh, it's not a good movie." You watch. Uh, you don't watch Godzilla movies because they're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, yes, mm-hmm. I do. Some are undeniably better than others. Shin Godzilla is fascinating. Hmm. This movie is garbage. This movie's right there with that fucking, uh, what was that stupid uh, uh, Roland Emmerich movie, Godzilla movie? Oh, I remember that, it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's similar in so many ways. People are not... But it's like Jurassic the... Park came out, so they actually, like, they pretty much ignore Godzilla, and there's, like, all these little these little mini dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, and, and it's, uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers here. Spoiler alert, there's a lot of mini dinosaurs. Also, there's a lot of rain hiding the CGI. That I was some that shit. People were so against that, but now they're just saying it's, you know. I finally got us. Um, please continue. Anyway, okay, so I was saying, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, uh, so people are saying you don't like, uh, if you don't like monster fights, I guess this is it for you. And they just the felt like out. It, Get the fuck out. just felt like, you know. Of course I'm in I want to see monster fights, but this movie don't believe the hype. It's ninety nine percent people again. Mm-hmm. Just like the other one people were complaining about. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, like you, you mentioned Jurassic Park, but uh I was promised uh monsters on my uh monster tour. <laughs> and I'm not getting any monsters. What I get is a lot of T V screens, dude. The a mm-hmm. lot of the plot you I we complained about this back in our best of. Do you remember I said Display high tech displays are the worst character of 2018. Yeah, do you remember? I do remember that. Yeah, this half this fucking movie is is screens. Yeah, nothing but screens. Right. So you just get high tech screens furthering the plot where they're talking about things happening and and they're, they're there's like a PowerPoint presentation by one of the characters to someone else via screens. Oh, wow. Like get off the fucking screens. It's just an admission that they didn't make a movie. It's directed by no one. Right. It's these movies are directed by not a single person. It's this assembly of sequences that could be played in any order. Mm-hmm. And there's this is the thing, like everybody rips on Michael Bay and his Transformers movies are shit, but they're clearly directed by somebody. There's actually, you know what a Michael Bay movie looks like. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. There's a, there's a hand at the wheel. The hand is gross, and, but there is a hand at the wheel there. Right. These, these are not movies, dude, and I know I keep saying it, but it's an assembly of various rain-soaked hard drives, mm-hmm. and it's 
again, it's filmed in someone's fucking asshole. I can't see a thing. I can't see anything. Yeah, I dude. can't see shit. I know yeah. I went to a went to a three D movie. That was a mistake, but it was the only one showing. I got babysitter <laughs> issue. It was the only way I could get to it, mm-hmm. and um, I knew I was in trouble. Uh, I put on the fucking glasses and. It's so many screens, plus they're telling you where and when things are happening, because, uh, spoiler alert, there's 17 monsters in this movie. Oh, my God. But you only get to see, you know, the vast majority of them on screens. No way, for a, really? For a, for a second, yes, on screens. And uh, That's such so a fucking cheat. That's such a, that's such a cop-out, dude. One of them would be a better movie. There's like a woolly mammoth ape-looking deal. I don't know what the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I thought, I want to see that movie. Show me that movie. Right. I don't want to see Godzilla, which is just a shit pyramid. Yeah. He's a gr- he's a gray shit pyramid. He yeah. doesn't do anything. Right. And um, what was that thing? I don't know. Yeah, so it's all on screen. So there's just a ton of fucking... Uh, I think if you did the math that there's more plot being delivered on high-tech displays than than monsters fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why people stand for that. I don't know why people think that that's a good way to watch a movie. And if you're watching it in 3d, they try to, I don't, I don't know if you've seen a movie with a lot of screens in 3d lately. Uh, I know we both swore that off, but the screen is kind of uh, popping out yeah, projected between you and the actual screen. It's supposed to float there. That's so stupid. So now it's unreadable between you and the screen is something unreadable. And then the background on a 3d movie is indecipherable. It just looks like a blur of, of, uh, digitization. You right, know, it doesn't right, work. Right. It actually looks better if you take the glasses off cause it brightens up by like 20%. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I couldn't fucking see anything. And, uh, you know, 3d aside, um, you have a lot of monster fights that just look like, Things being thrown through buildings, not a lot of... Like, that was what's great about a Godzilla movie, is there's clear action. It's clear when something is, is being hurt. It's clear when something is rallying. The, they'll actually do, like, stupid boxing moves, slide on their tail, do, you mm-hmm. know, cur- curl up and fly around. Whatever they do might be goofy, but it's very clear what's happening, and probably because they're more of a child's product. Mm-hmm. With these movies, there are moments where the creatures are in trouble, um, but it's it's always like five seconds after you were introduced to whatever battle is happening because the battles are so short. They're, they're told from the point of view of the ground again, where it's mostly, or from the point of view of airplanes and uh, uh, military vehicles, which works with the Rodan creature because they're on a similar eye line, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a bird, uh, the Rodan bird is flying around and a lot of ships are shooting at it. That works really well. Mm-hmm. It's too bad it, la- it lasts like 10 seconds, but for a second you're able to, it's, uh, the sky is kind of bright so you can see stuff. Right. And, uh, and the Rodan creature has a good design where it has this kind of Jim Henson looking face on it. Okay. So, like dark so that crystal. Works. Yeah. 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 Like it, it looks kind of like a Skeksis. So, and it, and it has a lot of personality in its face. The, um, Godzilla, not a lot of personality. The, You'd like the uh, three-headed monster creature because it's like three dog heads. It's Dope. like the old, the old dragon. So, yeah. and they kind of they kind of nip and fight with each other, which is like how it used to. If you remember as a kid, mm-hmm. the three the three-headed monster would always like those those heads were having kind of a, their own thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had to join forces in order to fight. Yeah, I um, you know what's interesting about what you're saying is it's making me think about kind of movies in general. 
it's kind of like when you go to see a movie, you want to see some kind of um, like invention. You want to see human beings presenting new ideas or putting themselves in some kind of real danger. Like Jackie Chan movies, right? Like That's why the Jackie Chan movies are always interesting, even if the plot's not quite there. Because you, you're going to go and watch this dude potentially really hurt himself on screen, you know? Mm-hmm. Buster Keaton, shit like that. And then sure. it's also like, you know, you either want that or you want some kind of... Um, some kind of sign that a human being uh, with knowledge of the genre or whatever is doing their best to um, to bring something new to it, right? To kind of like, to not necessarily quote-unquote give you what you want, but to introduce new ideas. And it's kind of like, if if you like this, this kind of movie, and I didn't see it, I probably won't. It's like, if you like movies like this or, you know, The Avengers or whatever, you're just, you're literally going... It's not even like reading a comic book where a talented artist had to draw it. You know, these are made by teams of, you know, computer designer people who had, by this point, they have to have templates that they work off of. Sure. You know what I mean? There's there's probably, if somebody well, could brought put this the... together, there's a conspiracy of, you know, of monster templates in movies that you can just add little bits of, you know, now, now it looks like his skin is wet, you know? Um you see what yeah. I mean? Like that's not a yeah, mo- no, that's not a movie, dude. It's that's... not. A, this isn't a movie. It's that's that's the thing is the Godzilla movies were movies. They were stupid in a lot of ways and they were goofy, but they were enjoyable movies and they did have a uh, a style and a personality to them. This is so anonymous, and I mean, I guess yes, it's the first movie in history to be shot entirely in a rain-soaked asshole. <laughs> but but do we need that? Do we need to? Do we need to prove that we can make? 17 monsters that you'll never really see just because that sounds great. When people describe this movie, it sounds amazing. Yeah. I think that the stuff I just described probably sounds pretty cool. Uh, but when the, you see the, it, yeah, the dog thing and the, and the bird, yeah, the bird seems cool. When you, when you see it you, 20 minutes into it, you're bored out of your mind. Uh, yeah. My sister had to tell somebody to put their phone away. They were bored. There was a whole stream of dudes that came in. Um, that were laughing at the movie and laughing not in a good way. Yeah, right. Like right. this, like this movie is stupid. There's yeah. so many stupid. Li- the plot, real quick, uh, is there are these titans. They changed, they Americanized the kaiju name, so it's now they're titans, right? Mm-hmm. There are 17 titans buried throughout the world in a state of hibernation. Mm-hmm. There's an eco terrorist group who wants to wake them up. To uh, re to re- reboot the world with them because somehow when they destroy a city, then it uh, grass grows there again or something. I don't I didn't understand that part mm-hmm. uh, because I thought they were all, all like these they were these radiated death creatures, but apparently they they bring life wherever they destroy. Right. Um, so there's this this eco terrorist organization who's going around and waking them up with this device. So there's a lot of um, a lot of device chasing. They're chasing this fucking gizmo around, <laughs> but you don't know who. You don't have any idea who the you're supposed to be rooting for. You, of course, you want them to wake them up. So in the back of your mind, you're rooting for the eco terrorists because you don't have a movie unless you wake them all up. But the movie seems to be trying to do something with this character who's torn between doing that, who lost a child to Godzilla in the previous film, mm-hmm. and and none of that works and i know it's okay that if why do you care about what's happening with the plot and it's because 
normally, sure, the people on the ground in Godzilla movies get to point and say, oh, my gosh. But in this movie, they're literally communicating with the monsters. So that's already different. That's already not quite the same thing. You can't mm-hmm. complain. You can't say you can't complain about the people when the people are so integral to whatever is happening with the creatures. They, they imitate the voices of other monsters to get them to do things. They seem to be able to hit a button and make them just stop doing things. Like, they're they're that easily manipulated by this... Like they come up with a brown note that makes them shit their pants whenever they hit the fucking button. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll get ready to eat somebody, and you're like, oh, no, it's going to eat somebody. And then somebody hits the button, and it goes, er, what? <laughs> like, that happens, like, five times in this movie. So you can't say, who cares about the people? But the people are the action. The people are initiating it. They're like the puppet masters. Mm-hmm. So I see. Anyway, so that's that shit's just annoying. Um, things that I liked, I guess, were... Uh, the design of Rodan is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mothra character was hyped a lot, but um, there's a lot of suggestions that there's going to... You're promised a lot of monster-on-monster monster sex action. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of sex jokes. Interesting. They, sh- they show a video of monsters and blur it, like they're saying, yeah, we, we can't show these monsters fucking. And so even in the car, uh, Amy was like, I thought these there was going to be like monsters fucking in this movie there were so many jokes right. leading up to she thought it was going to end in an orgy yeah <laughs> now that would have been interesting i know that's a different movie but they there's so many cracks about it like somebody will say ice cube's son is in this so I, ice cube jr's like so wait are you seeing godzilla and that moth they got a thing going on Ugh. and like shit like that so you're waiting for these monsters to fuck dude and it doesn't happen so i guess the anticipation that you're going to see monster sex was interesting. Um, the, dude, I, it, would, it really would have been so great if the whole thing just ended in a gigantic <laughs> orgy. In a, in a way it does. In a, in, a, in a fan service orgy. Do you want me to ruin the ending of the film? Oh, sure. I'm not going to watch this piece of shit. So the fucking Godzilla defeats defeats the three-headed monster, which you discover uh, uh, Ghidorah, uh, he bites one of its heads off and the head grows back, which is new. That never happened when I was a kid. Uh. Like, he used to, if you remember, he used to stomp the shit out of the heads, and then one of them would stop working, so they'd fly away like with a limp head. Yeah, it's that's how it used to be. So in this, he rips one of the heads off, and uh, you think, wow, that ruins the symmetry of this creature. It's gonna look stupid the rest of this movie. <laughs> but then it just kind of like births another head. Right. Like it, 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 it kind of like a little teeth, <laughs> tongue comes out, and some goo, and the other head like helps pull the. The, the like afterbirth off of it, and then this other head's like, yeah. So, uh, so you're like, oh, how's he going to defeat this creature? So to defeat it, um, some convoluted shit where the moth gets blown up and the its dust superpowers Godzilla so that he can defeat it. But suddenly Godzilla, who has been a triangle pile of shit the whole movie, <laughs> develops a sense of humor mm-hmm. where there's a big pile of rubble. And the uh, King Ghidorah's head comes out of the rubble, and so all the humans are going, "Oh no, it didn't! It didn't kill it!" But Ghidorah's head is in Godzilla's mouth, backwards, sticking out. And so Godzilla's like, "Oh, you thought that was this, but it's me, guys!" Oh, and it like waggles the head. So like, when did he get a sense of humor? Right. Whenever the screenwriters decided he needed a sense of humor. Because it's all fan service, right? It, like, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. But that's not the fan, the fan service part I was saying. So he does that. 
he looks around, Godzilla looks around and like the 17 monsters have shown up in Boston. He's at the top of like this hill and they all bow down to him. What? <laughs> yep. That so like is... the, the, the Rodan, the Jim Henson Rodan Skeksis monster is like, oh, oh, hello, good sir. And it bows down. <laughs> and the fucking the, like mammoth ape bows down and the, this, there's like a spider with a beard. I didn't understand it. It, it like lowers its legs. It's hilarious. And people were just cack- cackling. Yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. Oh my god, that's terrible, dude. That's a, awful. If, if there was an after movie stinger, I was not allowed to see it because Amy's like, "We're not staying. Get out. We're going. Go. Get out." <laughs> so oh, it looks bad. like we got a call coming in from the, the inside of a giant <laughs> asshole. What, sir, can you tell us what's going on on the ground? It, it appears that the monsters are all bowing uh, before the before the triangle piece of shit. And also, it turns out there are tiny monsters inside the heads of the big monsters. <laughs> That's a better movie, dude. That's a better movie. And there's a, the, the plot with the girl from Stranger Things was really bad. Like, I, I'm wondering if she's not a good actress. Because in Stranger Things, she just had to glower and yeah. look crazy. Right. Um, she ain't great. Yeah. Uh, there's also a weird moment. Um, I know it's the moment right now for strong women. So there, there's a woman who's in charge of the military. In oh, this. hell yeah, my dude. Hell yeah. So, yes, yeah, so she's there. And uh, she's, you know, no nonsense military type. And it's, it's you know, working. It's working for a minute. And then, um, dude, it's hilarious because the woman who seems to be in charge, she suddenly appears as a sniper and she's going to shoot this dude, this one of these terrorists, to set off some bomb or some shit. And so I'm thinking, that, wait, is that's the same? So the woman who was in charge, like the general, is now the sniper, and she's on the headset, like about t- asking if she can take the shot. So I'm like, who's she talking to herself? Right. Is she asking herself if she can take the shot? Why is the general the sniper? Um, but to be fair, is I it, might is be... it explained? No, oh. no, she just, she gets knocked, almost knocked over, and they pull her back up. The next time you see her, she's in fatigues again, unless. And this is going to be terrible if I'm wrong. I might be. It might be two people because I couldn't see anything. Right. I couldn't see this movie, so I. If it's, I'm it not being. Like that's probably what it is. I don't think it is. I swear it was. The but same movies one. do that all the time, right? Where it's like. I it was the sniper. Where the the only thing that matters is that you have the avatar character in, you know, like doing all the important stuff. Doesn't matter if that's... it makes sense. And it would. Be, it made sense to my brain in the moment because I just came off of um, seeing Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Was that good? It, it was. It's amazing. And but in Hamilton, uh, three, four, four characters play two characters. Okay. Um, so char- or I'm sorry, four actors play at least two characters. There may have been more. Mm-hmm. Um, so when characters return, it's kind of interesting. You kind of get used to them in a different character, and then you're you're happy to see them again kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it made sense if all of a sudden everybody in Godzilla just start putting on different hats and like Groucho noses and started doing <laughs> shit. It didn't, it just didn't make sense to me that she would be ta- asking to who, if she could take the shot when she would be the one who would give her permission to take the shot. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. Um, she, take, I, she takes the shot, the bullet goes through Godzilla's head and cut to a control room where a little monster's like, oh fuck, you know. Oh shit. Or I... I would not be surprised if Ice Cube Jr. played one of those monsters. He might, he might have been one of those kids. I like, I actually like that guy. He takes a lot of shit, but he was. Remember, he was the uh, one of the better parts of Dipshit Heat. He was, Ice Cube yeah, Jr. he was probably the only good part of Dipshit Heat. I just, you know, my problem is, is that um, because I know that he's Ice Cube's son, 
Uh, this happens a lot with like sons I, of actors. I'm just I, like I don't like I, I hate, hear what I hate their face. Like I've always kind of hated Michael Douglas for that reason. You know, it's like That's you lot, just he had a lot of ways to go. A lot of people like, felt the same. You just waltzed into this and you just get to do whatever you want to do. He really? did, but it, it comes. I have a weird theory about this that's so contradictory to everything of, in, of my being. I think ne- nepotism in the arts kind of works. Hmm. I think it. With, we talked about how being around parents who are artists, whether they're actors or painters or writers, it kind of works sometimes. Hmm. Whereas cronyism does not work. Right. So I, that's I don't, get, I don't get as mad at seeing the relatives of act now I, will smith's son i haven't seen in any of his movies i hear he's really bad yeah but uh this guy i you know i i think that you might it might be something that's transferred much easier than other occupations or other hobbies mm-hmm. maybe not mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. um but that's just you know i contain multitudes i don't sure. know yeah we all do man well i think that's good i think we wrapped that up in a, under an hour so we did it. I think we're going to call that a, a day. So John Wick, yeah. yes. Godzilla, no. Hard and so, no. And somewhere in the middle, in a rain-soaked asshole, there's Dave and I watching movies. <laughs> forever, Danny. Forever and ever. <laughs>